If you're looking for a way to be a helper during this time, truly one of the best ways to get involved at Mental Health Association Oklahoma is to make a donation. Anything will help us continue to serve our participants during this difficult time. So visit Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page and donate on the COVID-19 Relief Fund or go to mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page. Some days are harder than others, and I think that's true for all of us. You you know, you're going along okay, and this quarantine isn't so bad, and then all of a sudden, one day just feels overwhelming or particularly emotional for some reason, and, you know, we're just doing the best we can to stay connected to our kids and support them any way we can while we all navigate our way through this. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, Mike Bros, CEO of Mental Health Association Oklahoma, is going to interview his friend and collaborator, Jennifer Sack. And Jennifer is a counselor at Booker T. Washington High School here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they are going to be talking about, you know, how COVID-19 is affecting high school students and especially those high school seniors who, you know, they are missing out on so many wonderful experiences that this crisis has pretty much eliminated. Eliminated. Let's get to it. The mental health download starts now. Welcome to our the Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Mental Health Download. And today my guest is Jennifer Sack. For our listeners who don't know, and I think most probably do, Booker T. Washington, of course, is uh, one of the finest public high schools in the state of Oklahoma, as well as really in the country. It's a widely nationally recognized public school. And of course, I have to brag a little bit. My son is a graduate of Booker T. Washington High School. For our listeners, just a little bit of historical context. Mental Health Association Oklahoma and Booker T. Washington High School have a long, long history of working collaboratively together, really for, I mean, it really goes back probably 15 years at least. And of course, we built uh, together Safe Team, where we are really focused on the mental health of the students. And kind of the idea behind that is no matter how good a student is, how academically capable they are, doesn't really matter if their mental health isn't in a good place, they can't perform at the optimal level. And so maybe start out, Jennifer, just talk a little bit about what we've done, what we do every week with Safe Team. And then I'll kind of, I'm going to kind of have you, we're going to talk a little bit about the student life during COVID-19. Well, I came on to Booker T about eight years ago. And like you said, you already had a collaborative relationship in place for about the past 15 years. So Safe Team was something that was already established when I came in, but we have definitely continued to grow that intervention and that relationship with Tulsa Mental Health Association. And the purpose of our safe team, we have both a faculty safe team and a student safe team. And the faculty safe team that we work most closely with you on is just a system for the adults in the building to keep in touch with each other and keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on with our kids. And so we take some time on a Friday morning and we have a very brief meeting before school just for any adults that want to come to that meeting and share any concerns they have about kids. And it's helpful when you get multiple adults in the building coming together because, you know, one teacher might have a student and bring a concern to the group. And, and so we can start 
kind of piecing together what's really going on with a student and whether that's a concern that seems isolated to one particular class or situation, or is that something that multiple adults are seeing with a student across several settings throughout the day? And so then it gives us a chance to intervene with those kids and follow up. And usually it's just a check-in. Sometimes it's something very benign. It's no big deal. And, you know, at least we've done a check-in and we know. And other times it does turn out to be that something more serious is going on. And then we have that, that open door then to connect with that student and do further intervention or connect them with other services or, you know, be in touch with the family and get some other supports in place. So that's really the the function of our safe team. And then we have a second piece, which is our student safe team. And that's where we bring the students into the conversation in a separate meeting and kind of use their knowledge and avenues and resources to keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the larger student body. You know, we might think that bullying is not an issue. And then the kids tell us, oh, no, it really is. Here's what's going on. And so the kids are able to kind of be some eyes and ears on the ground, too, and keep us in the loop about what's going on so we know where to intervene. The safe team there is, of course, it was actually created in, in together with Mental Health Association of Oklahoma and Booker D. Washington High School. And so it kind of continues to move around and grow and develop. But it's always been a real staple, a benchmark uh, there at Booker T. Washington High School. Of course, Jennifer, I give you and Mary Beth a lot of credit. And the, and the administration there, they've always been very mm-hmm. supportive of it. Of course, all the teachers who come, it's kind of different makeup. There's different things. Different teachers come in. Sometimes a teacher will come in with a concern kind of one time, and then you've got your mm-hmm. regulars. Of course, the other school counselors are there, and it's always a very enlightening time. Sometimes it seems like it's focused in on the students. Sometimes it's a more about the, like you said, more of the overall feel of what's going on with the staff and students and the culture mm-hmm. of the school a lot. You know, I'm always, always feel very privileged that you guys let me come in from time to time and set in and kind of my role is kind of a consultant as needed. So uh, safe team, we give you guys a lot of credit and a lot of recognition whenever we can for your leadership, not only you and Mary Beth and the other staff, but Booker T. Washington as a whole and its promotion of good mental health for your students. Now, here we are, we, you know, the spring break came up just as COVID-19 was emerging and mm-hmm. sort of engulfing us, so to speak. And spring break came and then they extended spring break, I believe, an extra week. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? And now you guys are back in this virtual classroom experience. Talk to us, uh, the listeners, a little bit, Jennifer, about what that's been like for the staff, the students in terms of this kind of new learning environment in the school. Well, this week, uh, Monday was the first day that the students were back online doing their virtual curriculum. Uh, Last week was really about the adults coming together and trying to get some plans in place for how are we going to roll that out? What's it going to look like? What is the daily schedule going to be? So this is the first week that the kids are back in touch with their teachers and their counselors and administrators, and they got kind of a a general online course schedule established where the kids are basically doing school from one to four in the afternoon. And they have, the way we set ours up was that each class period would meet at a set time. So they sort of kept a little bit of a traditional schedule in that sense where, you know, you know exactly when your English class is going to meet, your math class, your science, et cetera. And then beyond that, teachers are providing as much online support as they can in terms of office hours and opportunities to reach out to individual kids for tutoring help 
or just really whatever they need. And then in addition to that, we're also, of course, trying to make sure that we're personally checking in with kids to say, you know, okay, aside from school, how are you doing? How's your family? Is everything okay? Do you guys need anything? Do you have enough food resources? Do you have what you need in terms of technology to be able to do this? And our school did have a couple of days this week where they got Chromebooks out to students who needed a a device to work from at home. And just making sure that families were set up with internet access in the cases where that's just absolutely not possible. And there are some of those, then it's okay, then let's make sure we can provide paper packet information for those kids, something to help them keep their education going. But I think the kids have had a pretty successful first week back. And for the most part, I mean, I'm hearing good things from the kids as far as like keeping a positive attitude, they're keeping a sense of humor about them as best they can. And sounds like some days are harder than others. And I think that's true for all of us. You, you know, you're going along okay. And this quarantine isn't so bad. And then all of a sudden, one day just feels overwhelming or particularly emotional for some reason. And, you know, we're just doing the best we can to stay connected to our kids and support them any way we can while we all navigate our way through this. How's the staff doing right now from your perspective? I think the staff is working equally as hard, if not harder, than we do when we're in the building. I mean, like you said, there is definitely a dedication and a commitment to excellence. And, you know, we have such good teachers that are always willing to go above and beyond. But I mean, I would say that's, I'm seeing that, you know, at many, many other schools, that's not necessarily unique to Booker T. Teachers in general tend to be very committed to their students and they want the best for them. And teachers are pretty used to having to adapt. I mean, it's, you know, it's not unusual for a teacher to have the rules of the game change midway in and have their whole plan thrown out the window. So teachers are pretty adept at, you know, changing direction and coming up with a new game plan on short notice. So they're doing pretty well. And they've, again, had a very positive attitude and they just want the best for their kids. They want to make this as painless on the kids as possible. They want to make it as streamlined as they can. Our teachers are very sensitive to the fact that we've got kids that are working jobs in the middle of all of this too. We've got high school students that are working those businesses that are considered essential services like grocery stores and gas stations and things like that, that you know, our kids are messaging saying, well, I can't be on class from 1 to 1.30 because I'm at work. And so teachers are recording lessons and just doing the best we can to help accommodate all the variables that we have to just to keep the kids moving forward. But the staff themselves, you know, we have a really good team network and we're very supportive of each other. And I feel like it's, it's a pretty positive climate among our coworkers and our administration. I mean, we've got just top-notch administration. We couldn't be in better hands. So I think our faculty is doing okay. What's it been like for you guys as counselors? Oh, it's so hard not being able to see your kids face-to-face and just do those personal check-ins. I think that's the thing we all miss the most and that we're finding that's a big challenge is, you know, counseling is about such a personal relationship. And so when you're trying to just take that to an email platform or a texting platform or some kind of technology, even when it's a Zoom call, it's not quite the same as sitting across from a kid in your office and really having that personal connection and that kind of conversation. So that's definitely something that I know we're all missing the most trying to work from home. But in terms of our seniors, I mean, they all know at this point how to get a hold of us. Everybody knows how to reach out to their counselor, whether they have our email address or a Google phone number or a class group chat. I mean, there are multiple avenues that they can find a way to get a hold of us when they need something. And I've had several seniors who are still moving forward with scholarships 
and needing recommendation letters or needing transcripts sent places. And we're just going to keep moving forward with all of that and serving them the best we can. But it's definitely different not being able to see them in person and in face to face. You guys have always helped me be sensitive about the developmental changes that go on. You're dealing with freshmen, you're dealing mm-hmm. with sophomores, you're dealing with juniors, you're dealing with seniors. Mm-hmm. What sort of things are you seeing or um, in terms of um, you know just developmentally with this COVID nineteen? And do you, do you can you see any differences between those age groups as they as these kids are are dealing with this in their lives and their families and their academic world? Well, in general, just teenagers by nature are very social. And so them not being able to be with their friends is really hard on most of them, especially I think the older kids who drive the juniors and seniors who are used to having a lot more independence and just that freedom to be able to come and go from the home and, you know, take their own car and they're exercising that independence from their family and they're out with their friends so much of the time. It's really hard for them and they're finding it really difficult that They can't just go hang out with a friend for part of the day, Um, really understanding that they have to stay isolated from each other, that that's just part of what we've all got to do right now. That's a big challenge for them. And I know emotionally, that's a hardship on the older kids who are used to having that more of that independence. The younger kids who don't necessarily drive themselves yet, you know, those 14, 15 year olds, they're not quite at that point yet because they don't have the same level of independence that the juniors and seniors have, but they're still very social and their kid, their friends are still such a big part of their daily life that it is still hard not to be able to see them at school and connect in person and hang out. And thankfully, this is one of those times when I'm grateful they all have social media. So they aren't completely isolated from each other. They can stay in touch and they can connect. And I know they, you know, they Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and they use Snapchat and they do some things through social media, stay connected, but it's not the same. It's not the same as hanging out in person with each other and really getting together in groups. And so that's been that's been a real challenge, I think, for the high school kids. Do you worry about the kids right now, maybe cutting corners and because of that feeling of isolation, maybe finding ways to have direct, more direct interaction, face-to-face interaction that could put them at risk? I feel like that's something that's got to be addressed at home because ultimately that's who's in charge right now are, you know, the parents in the home and they've got to be the ones to relay that message is to you know, how serious they are about you not getting together with friends. I know in the beginning, closer to like right when spring break ended and we would have been going back to school, I know there were some situations of kids still getting together and thinking it was okay as long as it was just, you know, two or three of them or they were just going for a walk. And the longer this goes on, and I think that's true for all of us, is that, you know, every week, I think we all start to understand the seriousness a little bit more deeply about what stay home and stay quarantined really means. But those are messages that that's got to come at home as far as controlling whether your child is really isolating or not. Yeah. Going back to the seniors a little bit, I mean, I don't know that these young people yet know that probably they will, there will always be defined in some way by this event that mm-hmm. historically, I don't know if you've heard the term coronials. Have you heard that yeah. term? Yeah, I don't know whether that'll stick or not, but I know it's out there in the in the, the world that we live in right now. It's kind of floating around, but I think that they probably are don't really understand how this will, whenever they have their reunions, class reunions in the future, whatever, this Mm -hmm. there will always be a reference point of this moment in time for them. 
The seniors, in terms of potentially the loss of their, of course, high school graduation, one of the biggest events in the lives of any kids in, in America, you know, and I mean, you know, graduating from college or graduate school or medical school or law school, those are all big things, but nothing's quite like graduation from high school. And right now, as we said, those those ceremonies are potentially in jeopardy. What, what are your thoughts about that uh, right now at this point? Well, this class, what's interesting is, you know, these are the kids that were born right around the time of 9-11. So they kind of came into the world at the time of our last major national crisis. And then by the time they hit middle school, we were in the economic crisis of 2008. Now here they are graduating from high school and they've got COVID going on. So they've had several kind of unique things that have sort of defined their formative years. The seniors I know are are hurting and they're disappointed, of course, to think that the end of the year celebrations are going to be at least postponed, if not canceled completely. You know, right now, nothing is scheduled to happen. And last Saturday was supposed to be prom. And I know that was a big deal for most of them to miss out on getting to do that. You know, there's still conversation about what do we do? Is there an option that maybe we can do something towards the end of the summer if things have settled down? Is there going to be an opportunity to get together again as a class? It's just unknown right now. And those are the answers that we can't really give them when they ask, you know, well, what can we do this? Can we do that? We really can't answer that because we don't know what the time frame is on this to be able to say, you know, yes, we will get together before you all head off to college or, or no, we won't even be able to do it by then. So there's a lot of disappointment for them, but I think they're kind of being patient too, to see, let's see what happens. Maybe we will get to do some of those things before they go their separate ways. It's emotional. And I know even just coming up to school to pick up their Chromebooks or, you know, just being at school and without their friends, that was very emotional for them to come back up to the high school, even for something like that and think, wow, I might not ever be in these halls again with my friends. And nobody knew that was going to happen when we broke for spring break. So there's a lot of emotion for those seniors. And especially the fact that they are going to scatter and go off to all different directions right now. That's, it's just really hard for them. So I think they're doing the best they can to, to digest it, but at the same time, holding out some hope that maybe things will be settled down soon enough that we can still have some celebrations. This is true at any high school, but but you, mm-hmm. it becomes kind of a family thing. And uh, Booker T. Washington students and faculty, it has a family feel to it. It's a it's a big high school, but it's not that big. And uh, so mm-hmm. you know, with with all of us, but but you know, particularly your high school formative years, that senior year, what you're talking about there. And I know probably as faculty and counselors, and I know the administration, you guys are concerned about how do we find ways to address that, and that that must be something that's on all of your minds as staff right now. I know one thing that Tulsa Public Schools did was they did have an online link where seniors could go and give ideas. And so they were reaching out and wanting the seniors to have some input in what are some ideas that you have, you know, um, just trying to give the kids a voice in that and what it might look like if we are able to come together later in the summer or something. So we just, you know, you try to give the kids an outlet just to talk about it right now or just to feel like they have a voice in it, but none of us can give them an answer about what we are or aren't going to be able to to do. Well, how are you guys kind of the the counseling group kind of the, on the individual side of that in terms of what kind of problems are, are you aware of or are coming at you right now that are mental health related in some way? 
Right now, we haven't had a lot of specific <laughs> mental health concerns come up. I don't know if that'll change moving forward in the next few weeks. I know we do have, you know, we have an in-house therapist who's based out of Morton Health Services. And so she has her roster of students that she already serves that she's able to still continue to provide services for and reach out. And then, of course, students that were already receiving mental health services outside of school, those are allowed to continue because everything has moved to telemed. And so students can still have, you know, online appointments with therapists and things like that. And we haven't had anybody reach out really in crisis to just say, hey, I'm not able to access my ongoing care, or what do I do about this? You know, depression and anxiety are big in teenagers in general. So those are things that we do worry about, especially when kids are having to be isolated at home and away from a lot of the supports that school provides or that their peers provide. So anytime you've got kids just isolated from other support systems, of course, you worry more about, are they going to kind of, you know, slip into a downward slide here? But I mean, so far we haven't had, knock on wood, any major crises erupt. But again, we kind of know as the counselors, we sort of know who our kids of most concern were. So those are kids that obviously we're going to continue to reach out and just check in on and say, hey, are you okay? Are you getting everything you need? Are you able to continue your care with your therapist? And just making sure that as much support stays in place as possible. What's your biggest concern right now? Well, I mean, right now, obviously, we want to make sure that our seniors get to finish and they they do actually, you know, get to graduate, whether there's a formal ceremony or not. We want to make sure that they do have that chance to really complete all of their credits and requirements and we get them across that finish line because they've worked so hard to get there. And honestly, you know, we worry a lot about our underclassmen, too, because this is something that is going to be with us for the next three years moving forward in terms of these kids with their transcripts and their academics and grades and all of that, that you know, kids who maybe are going to fail a class right now that maybe they wouldn't have if we were in school and had more of an opportunity to keep them on track. That's a big concern for us is just we don't want kids falling off track in general. We want to make sure that we keep you on track to graduate and that just because we're not in traditional classrooms, we want to make sure you're still staying connected and you are still working toward, you know, bringing your grades up and making sure that you're you're still learning and you're prepared coming in next year then because even though you're not in school now, you still have to be prepared to come back next year to the next grade and enter that next level of classes and, you know, you've lost a chunk of your learning time this semester. And so we just, we worry about more the ongoing effects of this the next, you know, three years with the younger kids coming up. Jennifer, I um, am just always been such an admirer of you. I know Ms. Wildrich, uh, just the leadership there, the faculty. You know, we're so lucky as a community to have Booker T, and that's not to take anything away from any of the other high schools or the staff. As you noted, there there's dedicated teachers, administrations, and I know the the service center staff are doing everything that they can. But I have so much uh, respect and admiration for you guys at Booker T. I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans out there. And I'm not just saying that because my son went there and graduated from there, but I, it, it's I've, that, that came way before he ever, we ever knew he was even going to be able to attend Booker T. Washington High School. But I want to thank you for coming on the Mental Health Download broad, uh, Podcast. I think this will be great for our listeners to kind of get a sense of what you as counselors, the faculty, not just at Booker T, but all the schools in this new kind of COVID-19 world that we're all trying to cope with. And all the admiration, congratulations to you guys.
guys and always continue to know not just for Booker T but for the other schools and educators that are out there listening to the podcast if the Mental Health Association Oklahoma can be a help to you all to be a resource for you all for you and your families and staff we want you to continue to take care of your own self-care that's our kind of our mantra right now we've got to take care of ourselves if we take good care of ourselves we're actually taking care of others around us so what's always been true but right now more than ever so thank you for coming on the download and and any uh, last words of wisdom before we leave to go do good things so what 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 words of wisdom would you leave for us jennifer well just thank you for having me today and i just hope like you said everybody just kind of you know is very aware of self-care and just be a little gentler with each other and a little kinder to your kids because they are stressed and this is hard and everybody's just got to assume positive intent right now with your teachers and counselors just assume that everything we're doing we are trying to do for the best interest of your kids and this is the time to really come together and you know assume positive intent COVID-19 has impacted the people Mental Health Association Oklahoma serves every day. People impacted by mental illness, homelessness, substance use, and justice involvement. And we continue to serve the most vulnerable in our communities, but that's coming with many unexpected expenses. We have established a COVID-19 relief fund to assist us in the emergency services we are providing. Help us serve our participants in need of rental assistance, mental health care, food and shelter, and other basic necessities. Go to Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page to contribute or visit our website at mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page.